welcome to Atypical Parenting, the podcast for people who love someone with autism. This is Dawn Tree, and we are honored today to have a guest with us who knows a whole lot about a topic that I think most of you are going to want to learn about, and that is CBD. You know, we've heard a lot about it. I think most of us have a favorable impression of it, but it's a little on the outskirts of the typical treatments that our doctors suggest to us. So I invited Justin here today because he has started a company and he is involved in the process from seed to sprout to product. And he's going to talk to us today all about that and about the health benefits and what to look for in the products that we want to buy. Another interesting thing about Justin is that he kind of got involved in all of this because his son has autism. So welcome, Justin. I'm so glad to have you. Well, thanks for having me. And I'm so glad we got a chance to connect. I saw that, you know, as the universe worked out that uh, I don't know if we reached out to you or you reached out to us. But when I saw your podcast, I knew that I would love to be a guest. So I'm so honored to be here. Yeah, my journey is I got started on this road in about 2014. And we had our second child, healthy, beautiful boy, redhead. And um, our first child was a girl. So we had the girl and the boy. And then I think we even had a white picket fence. But life was good. And, uh, you know, he was uh, healthy and happy and learning to play baseball and t-ball and read and talk and play and do all the stuff that kids do. Then after a routine checkup with the doctor's office, we noticed a, a real quick regression. And at first I was like, oh, it's just a phase. And, and he'll grow out of it. My wife trusted her instincts which I always encourage everyone to do. And she went back in to see if there was anything wrong and go check the ears and all these kinds of things. And then, you know, we got the phone call that forever changed my life that Shay was diagnosed with severe autism. And so I was like, you know, what happened? How did this happen? I just was in shock. You know, for those of us all in this journey, that first diagnosis, that first call, you know, that pit of your stomach and you're like, well, what do I do? Is it hereditary? Is it contagious? Is it from like the movie Rain Man? You just don't know. I mean, you're just not equipped. Fortunately, I was raised holistically by my mother. Um, and she was also a school psychologist for 25 years, retired, who helped kids with special needs. I flew her out and I said, hey, mom, we got a diagnosis. Will you check it out? So when she came out and said she agreed there was a problem, that's when it became very real to me. And I, I mean, it basically collapsed. And so that I knew, well, you know, when these moments happen in life, you can either succumb or you can rise. And so I got up the next day and said, okay, well, whatever we're doing, we're going to get Shay's health back. And so we went on a food allergy. We did a food allergy test through hair. It's a, it's a company out of Canada called Vitality Analysis. And for a couple hundred bucks, you could send a couple strands of hair in and it'll tell you everything your body is supposed to be taking more of and everything your body does not like. It rates everything on a scale from plus 800 to minus 800. And so you'd be amazed at how some things that we think are healthy for us aren't, you know, as, as we know in this world now with all of the environmental toxins and things that are everywhere, how many more allergies are out there? Yeah, it's true. And so we found that we got rid of all the processed foods, all the refried sugars, the, the anything that colors your food, anything that makes your food taste sweeter. It's basically our country is one of the only countries that will allow us to eat this crap. It's pretty disgusting, really. And uh, you just don't know that, right? You wake up and you think that, you know, you're, maybe your government or there's, there's, there's guardrails that are out there that would protect us. 
unfortunately, that's just not been my experience and my research and my life and what I've seen from thousands of other families. Well, you hate to be a conspiracy theorist, right? Like I'm so not into any of that. But the food in the United States that our government allows and encourages in a lot of ways is total shit. Yes, absolutely. One hundred percent. You can't buy a Gatorade in France. It's against the law. Wow. You know, I mean, there are reasons that, unfortunately, us U.S. citizens are, we're having for the first time, I, and maybe in the human history, or, or at least the last 247 years of our country, our life expectancy is actually going down. I know. I read that. That's crazy. And so it's a point where we have these incredible podcasts because you're not seeing this on your evening news. If you say things like this on social media, then obviously, yeah, you can get labeled all kinds of negative things. We're up against a very, very powerful machine that makes trillions of dollars. Yeah, absolutely. And so anyways, I didn't know any of this beforehand. I mean, again, I was raised holistically, so I had an inkling. So we got my son a healthy diet. I mean, we're talking juice, organic juicing, probiotics. We use a company called Sunrider that's got some really great organic cold enzymes dehydrated that they use out of uh, Asia. And so we got his diagnosis down from severe to medium. And so we could start to teach him to read again. Wow. How long? That took about six months before we got another diagnosis. And I'm sorry, how old was he when he was diagnosed? Three is when it started. So he would be about three and a half or four Uh when we did the healthy diet intervention. But he wasn't all the way back. You know, we could still see the delays. And so I wasn't going to, you know, stop. And back then there wasn't anything on CBD and autism. I mean, nothing because I, no. I would have come across it. But I was sitting having uh, breakfast with a friend of mine who's a cannabis farmer. And I'm a cannabis farmer. We started growing just kind of for fun. Um, I wasn't ever – I smoked and inhaled and exhaled in college and got the full experience. But I knew if I needed to graduate, I needed to probably slow down. And I did. And I actually stopped back then. But – he was still growing cannabis and I was helping him and uh, we just had breakfast one day. We just wanted to catch up. And his buddy was a doctor, Dr. Preston, and out here in California. And he wanted Todd's, my friend Todd, his help um, with a CBD roll-on for pain. And I said, well, what is CBD? Right? That's what we all do. Like, remember the first time you heard of CBD. What is CBD? And he goes, I guess it helps with pain. Well, I go, why is he asking you? He goes, it comes from cannabis. I go, well, dude, I know a lot about cannabis. I've never heard of CBD. And I, and I did know a lot wow. and I we grew it. And so he said, well, uh, apparently it comes from a strain of, of cannabis called hemp, um, which is anything with less than 0.3% THC doesn't get you high. And, you know, we think of hemp, we think of rope and paper and clothes and sales and all that. But apparently it also, hemp has high levels of CBD that helps with pain. So what do we all do when we first hear something? We type it into Dr. Google and I typed it in and really quickly, I saw that CBD was helping children with epilepsy. And so I was like, whoa. And obviously I'm looking for a cure or an answer, or an answer to a prayers for my son. Like, okay, what can we do? And so I'm like, oh my goodness. So there's a plant, which I love plants, plant-based, that is literally getting rid of seizures and epilepsy for kids. Like, that's like, this is nuts. So I was like, okay, well, what about autism? And so I didn't see anything on Dr. Google. And so I went and became a CBD expert. I I researched, I interviewed, I flew, I traveled, I went everywhere. I was like, okay, this is my best lead. This is what I'm going to do. And lo and behold, there was research, you know, dating back. I mean, it goes back 8,000 years in medical journals in the Orient. But 
Dr. Raphael Mishulam in 1963 was the first to actually start to study CBD. And the first, it's called a cannabinoid. So a cannabinoid is a part of the cannabis plant. And a cannabinoid like CBD, which stands for cannabidiol, was discovered in 1963 um, and started to be studied. And in 1970s, Dr. Raphael Mishulam, he did a study with nine children with epilepsy and seizures. And he gave CBD to all nine and all nine either had drastic reduction or elimination of the seizures. Now, this was a published article. You can find it in pubmed.gov in the 1970s. And so he thought he had just basically, you know, made his contribution to the world. Here comes the Nobel Peace Prize. This is going to be the biggest thing since penicillin. And wouldn't you know, it got buried. It never picked up. No one ever picked it up. And so in 2019, he was still alive. He came out to CanMed in Pasadena, you know, some 40 years later and admonished the healthcare system and the medical system. How dare you? Now in 2019, I'm coming here as a keynote speaker at a, it was a cannabis medical uh, conference and, you know, and said that how many millions of lives could have been helped and saved if my published works would have been able to been picked up. And, and, you know, obviously we're happy now that you and I are having this right. conversation and, and CBD and cannabidiol is, is helped so many children and families, but it's, it's, it's more than that. So CBD is just a part of this plant. You know, vitamin C is just a part of an orange. It's really the orange, the whole orange that gives your body the ability to receive and get the yes. nutrients, yes. Uh, the live enzymes to really help boost your body. And it's the same with the cannabis plant. You said something a minute ago that I think a lot of people are confused about. And honestly, like, you know, I've been kind of up to date on all of this. I'm a medical marijuana prescriber. And I, to be truthful, did not know that hemp and marijuana are the same plant. They're just different strains. Hemp is just a made up word. Uh, it's a made up um I should say it's a made-up word. It actually dates back to cannabosum in the Bible. If we want to go all the way back to Moses 2,800 years ago, cannabosum stands for hemp uh, aromatic. And they even changed the word cannabosum in the Greek translation of the Bible in 300 AD to mean calamus, which is a marshy plant that doesn't make any sense. So they literally hid the cannabis. They've been hiding it from us for 1,700 years when they translated it from Hebrew to Greek. But um, yes. Yeah, so hemp is yeah. just, um, it was an arbitrary number by some Canadians that said any cannabis plant that has less than 0.3 tenths of a percent of THC is considered hemp because anything less than 0.3 THC is certainly not psychoactive. You certainly are not going to get high. It was meant for industrial uses. George Washington grew hemp. We actually used it to help beat the, the English bat. Even Thomas Jefferson said hemp is a matter of national security. Every farmer back in the early colonial days was required by law to grow at least one acre of hemp because it was so resourceful. You could use it for so many things. It is crazy the amount of things you can use hemp for, the fibers and the... You can make batteries. You can make biodegradable plastic. It's an incredible plant. It's, wow. it's really... A week. I have a podcast too called The Miracle Plant. We just talk about 
late, you know, these 50,000 uses. Oh, I did not know that. I'm so glad to know yeah. that. And so it was a blessing for my son. We, we didn't see the, the products on the market. Um, they were all made in that same heating the plant because in order to get, if you're looking for a psychotropic or a psychoactive effect or what we call high or stoned, if you ate raw marijuana, which again is a term that we made up in the 1930s to scare people, it's a, a Mexican slang term for the cannabis plant. So they passed in 1937, they made the movie Reefer Madness and all of this to scare people and confuse people. So they passed a law in 1937 called the Marijuana Tax Act, which basically made marijuana and hemp illegal to grow. And so that was 85 years ago. What was crazy was so the American Medical Association, they had written uh, 3.6 million prescriptions for cannabis oil for headaches and all types of pain and inflammation and things like that, stress, sleep. And so the head of the American Medical Association goes to Congress and is like, what are you guys doing? You guys never consulted with us. You never talked to us. You just passed a bill that took away one of our most powerful weapons or tools in the toolbox to help people live a happy, healthy life. And that had been on until 2000, roughly 14 was when uh, Colorado and other states started to federally legalize cannabis. And then the, the 2014 Farm Bill federally legalized hemp again, which it should have always been legal. 2018, they passed a farm bill that made it very, very clear that it's 100% as legal as soybeans and corn, Yeah. even though the FDA doesn't really want to hear that because there's not a lot of money in regulating CBD, which whatever, I'll give the FDA a pass just because I'm trying to be nice, but they're set up for billion dollar great pharmaceutical companies. They're not set up mm-hmm. to give us clear pathways so we can register our products with them. You can register your products. I've registered my products with the FDA, but they don't have a legal pathway for them to approve them. They kicked it back to Congress recently. And so again, truly it's a billion trillion dollar industry. There's a drug out there that GW Pharma made called Epidiolex, which is a CBD Mm. isolate, which means they isolate uh, this beautiful plant with 512 components. So they cook off the other 511, turn it into a white powder like the pharmaceutical model does. And then they sell that product, which is not nearly as effective because it's just an isolate for $32,500 a year for kids who have epilepsy. And that's where the fight's at because GW Pharma wants to say they own the patents to CBD and CBDA, which CBDA is the raw CBD. And, um, And that's where we're at because there's not enough money. The good news is we're the good guys. We're here to help. Um, A lot of us have been affected by this plant, especially with our our children. And we've got great lawyers and great lobbyists and we're winning. We haven't won the fight, but we are winning. And uh, we will continue to fight and we will continue to win ultimately. I think when you look at history, it's really a fascinating thing that they were so, over the years, they've been so meticulous and methodical in getting people anxious about marijuana, right? Marijuana, we can't. And then at the same time, they created a massive opioid epidemic where people are literally dying in the streets. It's mind boggling. And still they're at it. Yeah, it's always something because there's so much money being made. But the good news is we've ended up growing some hemp ourselves. Dr. Raphael Mishulam 
the original doctor, the godfather of cannabinoids, as we call him, he proved that raw hemp, raw CBDA, the A stands for acidic, that's what the plant makes, CBDA, it's raw, is up to a thousand times more effective than cooked, heated CBD. Wow. So when I found that research, and also Dr. William Courtney, who's been on my podcast, um, was the, is the leading raw cannabis researcher. He showed using juicing cannabis with shrinking tumors and helping people in stage four cancer and having incredible results. So then I put the two together. I said, okay, well, no one sells this stuff. I'll just grow it and juice it, cold press it myself, and then and added it to my son's juice. And then we made some oils. And lo and behold, his diagnosis is no longer. Uh, he doesn't carry wow. the autism diagnosis. So um, our, our prayers were answered. How old is your son now? He is 10. We're going to a baseball game later on today and uh, with the family. And he um, excelling in music and academics and, uh, you know, bat and clean up for his baseball. I mean, really, all of our dreams came true. And like I said, it's not just because we took CBD um, and every case. Right, of course. It sounds like you had a very holistic model. Correct. Yeah. And our bodies, our bodies want to heal. And sometimes you have to give them the things that they need to heal. Um, but you'd be amazed yeah. what our I don't want do. anyone to come away from this podcast thinking that we're saying, Hey, here's the magic CBD. It'll fix yeah. all your problems. Like, no. no, that's not, that's not what we're saying at all. No. But I do think CBD and hemp as a plant substance with all of the different compounds it has and antioxidant properties. And this is a really important thing that you may find helpful. Absolutely. I think there is a lot of fear about like hemp, marijuana, CBD, THC, right? Like nobody wants to get their kid high, which, uh, you know, of course we don't want to do that. Um, So what would you say to those parents who are struggling with that question? Well, I was in the same boat because I remember, you know, obviously my son had a a neurological diagnosis and his brain was over-inflamed and couldn't detoxify the heavy metals and the pesticides that were in his body because we did tests for that as well. And so the last thing on the planet I would want to do was get my son high, like how confusing and weird that would be. And I, you know, so, and again, as a cannabis partaker, I knew what that could feel like. And so cannabis, there was no chance. But when I found out there was a hemp plant that wouldn't get you high, that was high in CBDA, I was like, okay, like, let's do this. So all of our products, you know, well, they weren't products back then. It was just making it for my son, but all of them were made for my son. And so all I did afterwards was put up a little sign in in an office building that I had up here. And and all I was going to do was pay it forward to autistic families or families dealing with autism or on the spectrum. And so that was it. And I didn't think anything of it other than I'm paying it forward.